to Rosé Till Christmas Day, a podcast where you, we invite you to uncork a bottle, settle in, and talk some cheesy Christmas movies. I'm your host, Emma, and I'm joined by your other lovely host, Abby. Hello, Abby. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Quite. I don't know why I've decided on this accent, but here we are. Here we are, darling. Here we are. It's very interesting <laughs> that we're going with this accent when we're watching a Dolly Parton movie this week. Oh, yes. We should, we should probably... Uh, Get a bit of a, a, a we, southern we really twang. we really got to put in that twang, you know. Um, yeah, it's just not going to work <laughs> the same if we don't have a twang. Uh, yeah, <laughs> these upper <laughs> British people accent, I just don't know. I just don't no. know. Go to hell. <laughs> bless your heart. Well, bless your go heart. Go to hell. <laughs> and Christian love, amen. Oh my lord. <laughs> Abby, I have a question for you. Yes. What are you drinking? I might have an answer. Ah, it's my turn this week to hydrate or dihydrate. Oh. Uh, and I am just drinking water today because I am feeling very dehydrated. Mm. Uh, so I I was gonna make myself a cup of tea, but the tea that I wanted has probiotics in it, which is great. But then it just makes me have to pee more, and I'm just like, ah trying to retain some water right now <laughs> do not want do not want yeah so that I, i'm i'm just drinking some water what about you um well it's so my answer is kind of a double answer so okay. it's is my drink but it's also what i've done to get into the christmas spirit Ooh, so okay. this week so there is a international delight coffee creamer that i absolutely adore and it's just a peppermint mm-hmm. mocha, but they don't sell it year-round. They only sell it at Christmas. Um, so, it's like, we don't get, like, a chocolate peppermint that we can buy year-round. At least not in my area. Yeah. So, but they, it's this peppermint mocha, and it's, like, elf-themed. Just to kind of, like, up that <laughs> cheese factor just a little bit. And I love and adore uh-huh. it. And so I've been putting that in my coffee. But, like, on top of that, I'm also, like, putting in, like, a full-blown candy cane. Oh, So Okay. Yeah, so I've got this very, like, minty, chocolatey, creamy coffee thing. And then because we're recording rosé and I'm not overly uh, dehydrated, I'm like, let's just throw in some whiskey and have a little bit of fun. Yeah. So, and honestly, the whiskey was a solid choice. So, because there's been times where I've, like, made, like, a coffee drink and I'm just like, I, I have some regrets, but this is just like melding very nicely. So, ooh, that's... have you ever had like espresso infused whiskey? I think I ha- I don't know. You know, I know I have espresso infused moonshine, and I think that was ooh that I got from a Christmas market a couple years ago. Um, Interesting. And it's from a local distillery. Uh huh. But it's okay. It's not something that I absolutely adore. Like, I love the smell of it, and I think, like, I had a taste of it, and it was great. But I wasn't, like, in love with it. And, like, every time I've added it to my coffee, I'm just like, oh, now it just tastes like booze. Whereas, like, I want the booze to be, like, a feature, not, like, the main star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's also the thing with moonshine is it's supposed to – it just kind of sticks out on its own. It it just is what it is. And – yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so but a lot of moonshine in college <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So, but whiskey coffee is actually highly recommended mm-hmm. by yours truly. So, do check it out yeah. if you can. But yeah. what have you done to get into the Christmas spirit this week? Ooh. This sounds silly. So, I guess it's it's more like Christmas. That's what Christmas means to me. Um is I've actually watched a lot of movies Mm -hmm. in this past week or like week and a half. And like people are probably like, well, that's not Christmassy because I've only watched like one Christmas movie. But like one of my memories like as a kid is I feel like when I was on Christmas break, like that's just what my parents and I would do. We would just watch a bunch of movies, like a bunch of old movies, especially, um, Movies and the and holidays really go together, though. Like, and I feel yes, like yes, I agree. I feel like that's why there's like such a chokehold on the Christmas movie market. Like, movies yeah. and music just, and like oh, part yeah. of it is just like the capitalism of the holiday. Like, don't get me wrong, but right. like I don't know. Like, people like go to the movies at Christmas and like they stay in mm-hmm. and they watch movies together as a family. Like, there's something very communal yeah. about a movie. So even if yeah. it's not like and, a uh, Christmas movie, it works. Right, right. And my partner and I, well, I actually watched it twice in one week, but uh, my partner and I watched The Princess Bride, and that was his first time seeing The Princess Bride. <gasps> what? Um, and it was my second time that week. But <laughs> Christopher! Um, he, yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, his parents didn't immigrate here until the 90s, so they okay. they missed a lot of, like, the 80s movies okay. and stuff like that. fair, fair. Yeah, um... But he adored it. It's he so good. loved it. And I was so excited. I, I get worried when I show him movies because, like, he's a tough, like, person to be like, yeah, I really like this movie. He's usually like, yeah, that was all right. I don't want to watch it again. But, like, this one, he was like, I would watch this again. I love the world building. I love the sword fighting. And I was just like, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm so excited. There's something to be um, said about, like, how a movie could be, like, an instant classic like that. But yes. like, a movie like The Princess Bride, especially, like, for someone in, like, our generation, just has, like, a ton of nostalgia attached to it. Oh, and yeah. so, like, nostalgia glasses are, like, a very real thing. So for somebody to, like, watch it with like fresh eyes yeah and love it for what it is just speaks to how well it works i think he like i know i'm sorry i i'm just excited to tell people about like how much he loved it but like he (laughs) like after the um the anigo montoya and and wesley uh sword fight he -hmm. just looked at me and goes that was the greatest thing i've ever seen and i was like i know Oh, it'd be a fly on the wall when that happened. That I sounds know. so cool. <laughs> it was so cool. I loved it so much. And now he understands all of my stupid references. Yay! It's a very quotable <laughs> movie, though. Love. True love. love. <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> I don't know why that comes to my mind. It's just the old woman going, Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this? <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, so, do you want to talk about a Dolly Parton Christmas movie? Yeah, let's talk about Dolly Parton Christmas movie. So, we have a Dolly Parton Christmas movie because Dolly Parton and Christine Baranski are queer culture. Like, let's just get that queer out. Queer culture. Just let's, let's get that out of the way. We are making the Yuletide queer this year, and this is what we've settled on. So, 
Yes. This is this is what we're doing. So uh, we watched Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which was directed by Debbie Allen. It was based on the stage play by Maria S. Schlater. Schlater, maybe? I think that's a better word. Yeah, Schlater. Maria S. Schlater. Um, And the music and lyrics were by Dolly Parton. Uh, Choreo was by Kim Hale, Vivian Nixon, and Brandon O'Neill. Thank you for pointing out the choreo. You're great at pointing out the choreo. This is how you you. know she's a theater kid. I went on a hunt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, and like it's a musical, so like the choreographer is a huge Mm -hmm. part of it. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, so it stars Dolly Parton as Angel. Christine Baranski as Regina Fuller. Janine Mason as Felicity. Josh Segura as C- Pastor Christian. Which, <laughs> I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Mary Lanne <laughs> Askell as Jetta. Treat Williams as Carl. Sayla Kimbrough-Jones as Violet. And Jennifer Lewis as Marjolene. Did I say that oh, right? Miss Jennifer Lewis. Yep. Okay. Uh, so let's get into it. Do you have anything else yeah. to add? No. No? Okay. I'm ready. So we open on a true musical opening song where everyone in town is singing about how much they love Christmas and how Christmas is about love, light, and joy. Dolly Parton is dressed as the most fabulous beggar I've ever seen. <laughs> yes! I, I, when fitted, I was taking, like... With her fitted, like, scraps of clothing. Oh my god, Yes! <laughs> And her perfectly, like, place tendrils of kind of ratty-looking hair. (laughs) Kind of ratty-looking hair. Like, they had to, they barely tried, but they had to try hard to make Dolly look like she's a beggar. Um, When I was writing, like, when I was jotting down notes while I was watching the movie, I'm like, beggar Dolly isn't convincing me. Because I'm like, that's fucking Dolly Parton, obviously. And, you know, she's still got, like, her full face of Dolly makeup, too. Which, like, I I cannot ask Dolly Parton to not be done up like Dolly. That is her whole thing, but it does take. I'm just, I'm surprised her beggar, yeah, I'm surprised her beggar clothes didn't have, like, rhinestones on them. Right? They could, they might have had a hint of sparkle, though, I will say that. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, and so then we were introduced to our cast of characters, in particular Pastor Christian and his wife Jenna, who runs a baby clothing store, and they sing about how much they want to conceive a child. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is just a very interesting place of work if you're like really dealing with infertility. Like that would just yeah. And I don't speak as someone who knows much about infertility, but I know how traumatic it could be. And I'm just like, are you in the right uh-huh. business right now? I just have yeah. to wonder. Also, yeah. it's established fairly early on that Christian and Jenna are a pastor and his wife. So, like, then you have the added mm-hmm. pressures of, like, uh, I want to say Pentecostal. It's not Pentecostal. Protestant Christianity. Evangelical. Uh-huh. evangelical protestant christianity kind of weighing on them too mm-hmm. to have a baby and like how much that would weigh on like a pastor and his wife because mm-hmm. why would you, like it would it would be weird if the pastor and his wife didn't have a kid like what mm-hmm. anyways uh i'll take your word for it <laughs> no it's just it's just part of the whole like evangelical thing it's like you get married you have mm-hmm. kids you settle down and if you're a pastor who gets married why wouldn't you have kids? Like, you're supposed to be, like, a leader mm. to your flock, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, and then we're introduced to Christine Baranski. And she yes. is the capitalist Grinch. 
<laughs> her name is Regina Fuller, and she has plans to leave this town behind her. And that means she's going to sell the whole thing to some corporation. I think it's called, like, the Cheetah Mall. Yeah. So they can build a shopping center, like, a full-blown mall on top of this town. And, like, I have some mm-hmm. thoughts about that. Um, and throughout the mm-hmm. songs, she she literally, like... They're, like, all, like, singing and having a, like, having a great time. And then there comes Christine Baranski, who, as soon as she came on screen, like, the quality of this movie just, like, tripled as soon as she started and, like, the words started coming out of her mouth. And I'm like, yes, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Yes, queen, you are here. (laughs) The star power. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But, like, everybody's having a good time. She's just like, eviction notice, eviction notice, you're all going to be homeless. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. we're also introduced to Marjolaine, who is Regina's childhood best friend and only friend left in town, who is the mayor of Fullerville and owns the salon featuring two very Yas Queen sleigh gays, which they are <laughs> the only two Yas Queen sleigh gays in the entire town. Yes. The, 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 it, this is a very... They're very much, they're very much so like, yes, all right, slay. Very femme, very femme gay men. Yeah. And I think they're the only (laughs) gay people in town, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Felicity, who is Regina's assistant, follows Regina around as she hands out eviction notices and apologizes to everyone because Regina's being like a huge bitch, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Angel Dolly is following them around, and Felicity and Regina are the only ones who can see her. So she Mm -hmm. does look a little nuts, and there is a reason for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, like, this town is, like, crushed and pissed about the fact that, like, Regina is literally selling their home. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the fact that she's selling an entire town to build, for, for people to build a mall it's it's it's, in 2020 like uh, obviously we're gonna put the pandemic aside but malls aren't really that big anymore especially (laughs) not in middle america especially not in rural middle america like it's not even outside a major city it's not even in a major city it's literally in the middle of nowhereville kansas and you think that building a huge mall is gonna be worth it like nobody wants to come to kansas to go shopping like, even, Nobody wants to go to Kansas. We, exactly. <laughs> like, why would you put, like, a Mall of America-esque, or for my Canadian listeners, West Edmonton Mall-esque mall, in the middle of nowhere? Like, you have to have something else to anchor it. Like, say, an yeah. international airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. This is just this is just bad news from the get-go, and the fact that nobody in this film acknowledges this is very... <laughs> Right, like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> Nobody's gonna come here. The mall is gonna shut down in, like, two years. Yeah. And, like, I guess, like, it's, like, less, like, about Regina's move and more about the idiots that she's selling it to. Like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. going through your mind? And then also, right. like, the impact it's going to have on the community and the surrounding area. Like, right. This is, do you want squatters? Because this is how you get squatters. Um... <laughs> Anyways, um, so Pastor Christian has this brilliant idea, and he gets to work right away, and he has this huge Resist Regina sign put up on the church, which, like... How did he get that so quickly? I, I mean, I get that this is a small town, and they're all in this together, but, like, oh my god. 
that was that's impressive. And like they put uh-huh. it up on the church tower so that they know Regina can see it. Like th- mm-hmm. this is like a full blown standoff. They are not having it. Yeah. Um. And he and Jetta are lamenting about the town being sold as well as the fact that they just can't seem to conceive a child. Um, Jenna Mm -hmm. is blaming herself, and Pastor Christian, Pastor Christian, Pastor Christian, (laughs) just, let's just, like, make a neon sign that says, this is the pastor here. Uh, (laughs) His name is, he is a C. He is a C-H. He is a C-H-R, wait, C-H, fuck, you're welcome, all former youth group kids who are going to have that stuck in your head for days now. I'm just like, Danny, if you're listening to Specifically Danny Purtle. I am, like, looking straight at you as we're doing this. <laughs> Even though you are listening through your earbuds, I'm like... <laughs> this is a very pointed look you're getting right now. Next time I'm at your house, I'm just going to start singing that fucking song. <laughs> Um, but amazing he assures her that god will bring them children biological or adopted and they will love them no matter what so Mm -hmm. and they sing a very cute couple song and it's about how much they love each other yeah um far up the hill there's hills in kansas i'm kidding um (laughs) (laughs) there's not (laughs) far up the hill is regina's house because of course and she looks begrudgingly out on the town, and Marjolaine shows up to do her hair. And then we find out... It felt very... Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. It felt very... Like, there's a lot of parts in this movie that felt very How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. um, which I really thought was fun, because um, in the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, Christine Bransky is also in that movie, um, where she is like... Everybody loves her and she loves Christmas and stuff like that. And then to flip it on its head and she hates Christmas and she lives far away from the town, just like the Grinch and looks down <laughs> at the town and is like, mm, I should have watched singing songs. <laughs> I should have watched that version of the Grinch to prepare for this. I did not even consider that. <laughs> I good. love that movie. <laughs> that is on my every year I watch that for Chris around Christmas. Well, cuz like I grew up with like the animated TV special so like nothing else sure. can touch it. Um although I will say <laughs> the the new animated one that has Benedict Cumberbatch is actually pretty cute as well. I have not seen that it's, one. It's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Um <laughs> so Marjoline and Regina are kind of like doing the reminiscing and we learned that Regina was high school sweethearts with the town's general store owner Carl um and then like there's also like she's making it clear that she does not want anything more to do with this town and he seems to be a part of it which is mm-hmm. very interesting and we also learned that like he used to like write her letters that she never responded to and it's like I don't know mm-hmm. I don't think he could, I don't think Carl can take a hint after a while. Do you know what I mean? Right. (laughs) It's been decades and he's still pining for this woman. Just, it's, it's been a while. Which is a little creepy. It's weird. And I don't think, it doesn't look like he has like a family of his own either, which means he's literally just been pining for her this entire time. Right. Ew. (laughs) Anyway. 
Um, we are treated to Miss Jennifer Lewis singing her damn heart out in Queen of Mean. Because um, she needs to, like, give Georgina an out reality check and tell her how awful, she, awful mm-hmm. she's being. And then takes this opportunity because Regina, like, only, like, seems to tolerate Marjolaine. And... It, like, expects Marjolaine to do her hair. So Marjolaine does, like, half her hair and just, like, fucks up the other half. Like, no, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this for you. You're fucking with my town. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> legit. I don't blame Marjolaine whatsoever. Whatsoever. Right. Oh, yeah. So, um, and then during this whole thing, Regina gets a call from her doctor. And he wants her to call him. Because it seems urgent. Um, mm. And so Regina goes to town and he's, she has to serve Carl his eviction notice now because he wasn't there yesterday. And that's when she's confronted by Pastor Christian. And he tells her about the resistance as if she is completely immune to it so far. <laughs> um, and that he's the governor and the papers are getting involved. Side note, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a small yeah, town. He's just like... Small. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the governor and the papers involved. And then as soon as Christine Baranski walks away, his wife is like, but honey, you said the governor and the papers haven't called you back. And he's like, shut up. They don't need to know that. It's fine. <laughs> and there's this great moment where he's like, this is a battle about difficult terrain. And she's like, oh, get more comfortable shoes. Like, she is super <laughs> bitch in this movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. damn. Yeah. And then, like, she goes to Carl's store and, like, they hash it out. And he's like, why have you returned any of my calls? And, like, I think she would Yeah, it's been... literally been decades. She could literally just be like, it was the 70s. Like, it's right. 2019. What do you want from me? Stop it. Stop. And, uh, she was like, listen, people change. Like, she's, so she's actually, like, giving him, like, a legit reason. And she's like, yeah, I changed. And he's like, not overnight. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's more going on there, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Regina notices a lantern that her father made, and Carl notes that he bought it for bought it from him. Uh, other, along with like a bunch of other things in their house, because the general store is now kind of like a secondhand antique store. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, it's like a junk shop now it's like not even a real store and he's like no this is about memories and like everything is worth something and i'm the keeper of memories mm-hmm. beat that um <laughs> and then like this softens her just enough to say that her dad cared for him a lot but her memories of him are like totally different than what carl's were which you'll find mm-hmm. out later fair um mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> Thank God. Okay, you have to say this. <laughs> so, uh, then Regina essentially tells Carl that the old tailor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. <laughs> Ooh, look what because you he made he me asks do. her like, look what you yeah. made me do. <laughs> He's like, what happened to the girl that I knew? And she's like, she she's. She's long gone, which is also like adding to the creepiness factor because the girl that he knew was when she was in high school. And I don't know about you, but I'm vastly different from the person I was in high school. I do not want to be the same person I was in high school. No. And like Carl also mentions that a huge part of like why he would 
venture up to the house, like, to see her, not only to just see her dad, because, you know, he was a good guy to Carl and whatnot, but also to get updates on her. And I'm just like, buddy, like, she moved away. She, like, it's later stated that she, like, moved to New York City or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, my dude, this is weird. (laughs) Like, there's, there's a moment where you just have to accept that they are the one that got away and, like, process that and learn to move on with your life and carl has not done this and i'm somehow supposed to be sympathetic to carl and i'm not i'm just not no we could have done without carl for the most part honestly he adds nothing he doesn't really add much so i feel like the more relevant plot points like easily could have been done without him right Anyways, uh, the town is now full of resist Regina signs, including all over her car. Uh, she pushes them off the car, and Angel Jolly is like, you can't litter. <laughs> um, but Regina is still going to be an ass to her, because she doesn't recognize that this is Dolly Parton cosplaying as a third person. <laughs> and so then Dolly's like, well, I'll get change out of you somehow. And she makes a flyer fly into her face while she's driving. So she almost hits the doctor with her car. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) And then that's when the doctor is finally able to tell her, like, why he needs to see her. First of all, if she lives in New York, why is her doctor still in her hometown? That's a great question. Her insurance doesn't cover that. No! Or, like, (laughs) I guess she's successful enough that she can, like, still pay him privately, but, like... Why go through all that trouble just to go to Kansas to di- your get your medical updates? <laughs> like, that right. just does not make sense to me. It's not clicking. No. Anyways, uh, the doctor informs her that there was a shadow on her brain scans and he'd like to do an MRI. Uh, mm-hmm. Which has a very quick turnaround, but I don't know. I'm yeah. in Canada. I don't know how fast those things are supposed to be. <laughs> um, like, how quickly that she's able to get an MRI? Yes. Oh, that wouldn't happen. Okay. <laughs> She's able to get an appointment for an MRI the day after. Like, that ain't happening. I'm like, that really only happened. So if that were to happen in the health system that I know, she would have to be immediately, like, admitted and in the hospital uh-huh. because they're, mm-hmm. and, like, being treated for something for her to be seen that quickly or in the emergency room. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, like, there'd be, like, some serious issues, not just a glimmer of a shadow. Like, that would not get you an MRI that quickly. Just PSA. (laughs) Yeah. And that's definitely not happening in the American healthcare system. Great. There's actually very little difference except the American healthcare system makes you broke. Mm Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Gold star. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Regina gets home and Felicity points to the giant ass contract for the mall. It's like the size of a like a moving box that's so big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Felicity attempts to get Regina to reconsider locations, but Regina's like, yeah, I can't hear you. Um, mm-hmm. And then Regina goes upstairs and she can't get the lights to turn on. Gosh. But uh, don't worry, because she sees her angel dolly hallucination thing <laughs> and she's there with all the lights. And this is the moment, like, between, like, the weird brain scan and everything, that Re- Regina's like, yeah, I'm hallucinating. This is not <laughs> normal. <laughs> Dolly appears, just, like, in all white, and in, she, obviously she's decked out in bling. 
and like on a cloud that she just sits on and floats around. And you cannot tell me that this is not how Dolly Parton gets around everywhere no. in real life. See, this is when Dolly Parton stops cosplaying as a poor person. It just comes out as Dolly Parton. And I'm like, there we go. It's just Dolly Parton. It's just Dolly Parton as an angel. And this I can fully, truly believe. So. Yes. Um, and so Dolly is like, Regina, like, let's shape the fuck up. This is like... She needs change from her, and, like, not the change you give to a beggar, but, like, actual change. And she mm-hmm. sings Everybody Needs an Angel to Regina. Uh, um, and then we find out that there was a story that Regina grew up hearing from her father about um, a Scottish lamplighter during the holidays. I think I kind of spaced out here. I wasn't sure if we got all the details of this <laughs> folktale. But yeah. it's it's something that she kind of grew up with. So then Dolly like serenades her with light, uh, with, with light your lamp, and it tells a tale of the Scottish lamplighter who would go through the lot town and spread light, and it would give people hope. Very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dolly encourages Regina to let the light lead her to what she's lost, which is happiness. And then there's a big town meeting at the church very kind of uh gilmore girls ish here um yes it did feel very gilmore girls <laughs> um the, they sing a resistance song the wickedest witch in the middle which they try to oh come up God. with a plan to deal with regina and it, it, it's interesting that you call it a, a resistance song because it just seems like they're just kind of like bitching about regina it doesn't feel like a full-blown resistance oh yeah a hundred percent but it it makes me laugh really hard that they call themselves the resistance like they're some like fucking star wars motherfuckers that that made me laugh like that's what i couldn't get over so i kept referring to them as the resistance um but this uh when i was like like writing while i was watching um it felt very um sit down you're rocking the boat from guys and dolls Mm. uh like just everybody like getting up and being like hey hey that kind of thing and this is when i was like i really would like to see this on stage because i feel like the over the top the cheesiness the ha of this movie would is is better for the stage i I feel like as a movie it was a little too much um, the, and I was the, like, this this would have been really fun to see on stage, though. The thing is, the production value did not line up with the energy and the choreography that the song was giving. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it, uh, I'm basically looking at what should be a stage number, and it's just being presented to me on my TV screen. And so it doesn't really... Yeah. It doesn't have that kind of fantastical... Um, element to it that makes it worthy of being yeah. for film, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Regina is driving to the town meeting, and Angel Dolly is there to harass her again. Uh, <laughs> she's like, don't fucking go to this. Like, they're shit-talking you. Like, they don't want to see you. Like, what are you doing? Um, but she goes anyway, because it's Regina. And Mm -hmm. she says that she took on the responsibility of the town after her dad got sick from her net. NYC penthouse, some old lady just yells from the back. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? Fair, fair old lady. 
mm-hmm. and that she's had to make difficult financial decisions that her father wouldn't do. And she's been evicting people forever. She's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then she has to tell everybody that they don't even get to spend Christmas in their homes. Like, they gotta go ASAP. Which, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. They have until tomorrow night, which is Christmas Eve, to be out. And it's like, how terrible of a person do you have to be? <laughs> and, like, the thing is, like, she says this, and the town just, like, does absolutely nothing. Excuse me. She yeah. says this, and the town does absolutely nothing. Which, like, I don't blame them. Like, you can't give somebody, like, 48 hours to leave their entire home. Like, they have they have Over the rights. holidays, and they have <laughs> rights. There's enough people there that could probably afford a lawyer if they needed to. Like, they're not doing shit. Right. So. This whole movie is a commentary on landlords and how terrible they are and that housing is a basic human right. Down with landlords, eat the rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And then, so she leaves and they're like another song and they're like, they're going to fight the capitalistic overlords that threaten to crush the capitalistic boot that threatens to crush them they're gonna fight against it yeah but they only sing about how they're gonna hope for it (laughs) it's very it is very white liberal i was gonna say democratic convention 2020 yeah (laughs) (laughs) these are democrats who are like thoughts and prayers yeah it's like you can do something you have the power and they're like we'll just pray and hope that maybe she'll get better (laughs) so regina is like she's kind of feeling the pressure a little bit she she, she goes to the bar and uh the only person there is a small child and her uncle frank frank's not working the bar it's just a small child her dad Mm -hmm. is at the fuck regina meeting so when she orders whiskey, it's the child that orders it and serves it to her. And I, it's a whole ass kid. And I'm not kidding. This kid is not 10. This kid is not even 10 years old. And they're like no. doling. Not only are they doling out alcohol, she's doling out like her child, childish inspired wisdom. Like, you know, like the wisdom of a child. Truly wonderful is the yeah. mind of a child. That sort of thing. And I'm like, this is so inappropriate on so many levels. You want to talk about lawyers? Like, this, <laughs> this father is lucky that he is not having his child apprehended because she is serving alcohol to paying customers. You cannot do that. We are mandated reporters. You cannot do that. I'm sorry. If you I cannot be there, cute. you need to shut down. You don't make your child serve your customers. <laughs> I do think it's cute, though, that, like, you know, she's Violet. Her name is Violet. Mm -hmm. And she serves Christine Baranski some whiskey. But then she pulls out a thing of chocolate milk for herself and pours it in a whiskey glass. And they, like, cheers to each other. And I think that's kind of cute. So this is a child that's, like, been told, okay, sweetie, so you can pour the drink. And remember, count to eight, and then you're done. Uh, But you must never, ever drink daddy's product. You can have some chocolate milk in the... (laughs) You can have... You can have some of your chocolate milk in one of the glasses, but that is far as I am willing to go. Like, 
just this entire scene is fucking bonkers and it's like i cannot but like and it's like it's actually a really sweet and like kind of devastating scene and all this time i'm just sitting here Mm -hmm. like why did this child just serve a call emma literally texted me while she was watching and goes and these are two separate texts it's just abby why is this child serving alcohol I think we already know the answer to my <laughs> believable suspension. Of <laughs> that this child could just serve alcohol in a bar. I get that it's a small town. I get that the child is doing it as responsibly as she can, but this is still so bad. God. I feel like, and I feel like Kansas probably has like hard, like stronger. Yeah. They have, like, very strict liquor laws in Kansas. Uh, So, I mean, what? (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? As of April, I looked it up. As of April 2017, Kansas has still not ratified the 21st Amendment, which ended nationwide prohibition in 1933. How do you get liquor in Kansas, then? Do they just like do, uh, do they just like turn a blind eye if it hasn't been ratified? I mean, so like you can buy liquor uh in certain areas, I guess. Um like there are dry a lot of dry counties, a couple of dry counties in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um but like it's like one of those things where like yeah, they can technically drink, but, like, also we technically haven't ratified the 21st Amendment kind of thing. Like, oops, we forgot. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's just, like, some places yeah. in America that I'm just like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? I, I, I don't, I, why? I don't, I don't believe that Kansas exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a made-up thing from the Wizard of yeah. Oz. <laughs> so what it is. Yes. <laughs> It's fictional. My sister was born in Kansas City and her birth certificate says Missouri. So answer that. Answer that. There's there's a Kansas City, Missouri. No, but because it's like right on the border between the two states. That's the that's the joke. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um where were they? Oh, so they find so Regina and this child are talking over her whiskey. Um, and chocolate milk, and Violet is just, they bond, because, um, Violet tells her, like, yeah, I lost my mom when I was young, and Regina's like, yeah, I, like, lost my mom when I was young, too, and it's actually this really (laughs) sweet thing, and Violet's like, you don't talk to Mm -hmm. kids very often, and she's like, she didn't get to talk a lot when she was a kid herself, and they sing this song called Fairy Tale, and it's a song about how life isn't a fairy tale, and you don't get everything you want just by wishing for it. Which is a very interesting um, uh, parallel to what the church was just singing about mm, doing mm-hmm. something at, but hoping, hoping for the best. <laughs> um, Oof, if we're going with our, like, these people are, are the, <laughs> the Democrats, and then, like, Violet is the kid that's like, no, we actually got to do something. Yeah. That's just like, ow. <laughs> that's really harsh. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Regina attempts to sing about how there's no such thing as happy endings, and Violet cuts her off and says there is always ways to be a happy ending. And mm-hmm. you know what? Good for Violet. She doesn't. She's not bitter yet. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, it's Violet has no idea who the fuck Regina is, and so she basically tells her. So Regina raised rent so much that um, the family was struggling. And so Violet got sick, and so Violet's mom had to, like, go to a town 20 miles away to get her her meds for reasons. And uh, mm. on her way back, she got into an accident that killed her. And so basically, Violet is literally, like, talking straight to Regina. She has no idea who Regina is, and she's telling her straight to her face, you killed my mom. <laughs> We're just yeah. supposed to be okay yeah, with that. She- <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's like, my dad says the Wicked Witch in the middle killed my mom. And Regina's like, what? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Violet's dealing with survivor's guilt because, you know, she had the fever and her mom wouldn't have had to go out, you know, that's those times. And, like, this is. It's really sad. It's like heart wrenching. It's like. Yeah, she's like. She's like, I don't blame, I don't blame the, the wickedest witch in the middle, uh, because it's my fault because I got sick. And it's like, oh my god, you were a kid. You are a kid. Oh my god. And so this is the first time that Regina has, like, a sense of the consequences of her actions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just keeps telling Violet, like, no. Like, no, it's not your fault, but just keep saying no. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then Regina goes home and remembers a time when her dad lit the lantern for her for the first time, and the flashback father sings a father's prayer. So, and her dad, like, talks about the plans for the town and how they have to keep the rent low to keep the spirits high. (laughs) Gosh. Where, where (laughs) is this attitude these days? I don't know. Mm -hmm. (sighs) You dare, Abby? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so the next day, Felicity's restocking the fridge and gets a surprise from Angel Dolly. She's got to wake up Regina for her doctor's appointment. And we find out that Felicity is working with Regina because Felicity is an angel in training. And she's terrible at her job. <laughs> <laughs> Regina is her assigned human. <laughs> yeah. She's got two responsibilities. Get Regina to change her heart and then get her heart to change her mind. Which mm-hmm. is a lot to put on the plate of her trainee with someone this, yeah. like, emboldened and bitter. I'm just saying, but, like, maybe that's the <laughs> ultimate test. Like, she, she's done well in school, and now this is the practicum, and the practicum's where shit gets real, kid. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and she does, it, but, like, the other thing is, like, her mentor can't, like, step in when she's doing a bad job. The, the mentor is just there to be like, right. you fucked up. Try again. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people's lives on the line, no big deal. Um, (laughs) so Felicity goes to wake up Regina. Regina is, like, a huge asshole to her, but, like, she's clearly hungover and having drunk herself Mm -hmm. stupid last night after finding out that her actions caused somebody to die. Um, and Felicity is like, you know what, like, this is not worth it. Uh, and she wants to quit, and Dolly's like, no, like, if you quit, she's no better than Regina, which, I don't know. I don't know about that, Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Regina... That's kind of a bold thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. Like, just, like, realizing that... I don't know. Like, there's there was something... Like, it's not that Felicity should have given up on her in that moment. It's just that you could say things better than, like, Oh, you're just like Regina. Like, that's just very manipulative. I'm not okay with that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and then Regina actually comes into the kitchen and she gives... She acknowledges that she is stressed about her MRI and that is what's causing her to act out. And Felicity's mm-hmm. like, apology? And Regina's like, don't push it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's clear progress. So, like, I guess, yes. point to Regina, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> on the way to the hospital and throughout the MRI, we get flashbacks to Regina's childhood, starting with her and Carl being high school sweethearts. And then to a very 70s dance that's not 70s enough, in my opinion. <laughs> and like we find out her dad was like actually like really quite strict he didn't let her go to all the dances but he let her go to this one because it's the christmas dance okay mm-hmm. yeah and at the dance he sees Car- she sees carl give a ring to another girl and she's heartbroken and Regina ends up dancing with like this guy that's just got supreme douchebag just plastered all over his face um and she's like but you know what he made her feel pretty and desirable and like she says she does something that she ended up regretting and basically it was like that they had sex and she ends up getting pregnant um (laughs) and then Dolly shows up and she's shows Regina that what she didn't realize that was Carl was just showing another girl the ring that he was planning to give to Regina. Oh my god. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. This feels like a soap opera at this point. Like there's oh, yeah. just like so oh, many yeah. choices. Like oh my god she had a baby. Oh my god. <gasps> Carl was gonna give her this a mo- ring the night that she lost it to another guy. Oh my god. Yeah. At this point, the movie was like, I was just like, I did not expect to go here, but all right, I guess this is where we are. Yep. <laughs> um, and so Regina da- Regina's dad does that very mid-century thing where he kind of keeps her away mm-hmm. from the whole town and kind of sends her away for a while. And like the father of the baby mm-hmm. being douchebag supreme, as was already foreshadowed, um, has already like moved on to another girl. Um, and we see Carl comes to the house with flowers, but Dad sends him away. See, this is when it's appropriate to keep questioning why he's suddenly not talking to the girl he's in love with. This is when it was appropriate. Sure. Right. You know. Um, and Decades later? Not so no. much. <laughs> Let it go, buddy. Yeah. And then Regina is forced to give up her baby by her father because he didn't want her to feel the shame and have to face the town. And after that, Regina couldn't stand to be around her father. And, like, you see her not wanting to give up the baby. Like, Mm -hmm. you can see this is a decision that she has not made herself and is crushing to her. And what gets me here is that the film decides to be like, but Dad did it for her because it was the best. I'm like, no! Yes! This is what pisses me off. No, like, this was a really... No, this was not... I I get what the film's trying to say, that adoption's great and everything, but this was a decision that Regina should have come to herself, not have been forced into, and, like, ultimately, like, we know that Regina had a better life because she wasn't saddled with a teenage pregnancy in the middle of the 70s, but it's also, like, it's an incredibly traumatizing moment in her life because she was forced to give up her baby without her consent. 
Like, that's yeah. so fucked up. And then, like, that's where we learn that, like, that's why she's mad at her dad. And, like, for good reason. Oh, my God. Exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. And, like, the, the film tries to paint it as, oh, her dad loved her so much. I'm like, no! She has every right to be yeah. pissed at this motherfucker. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, like... I can get the, you know, like, when Dolly shows Regina, she's like, oh, but you didn't get to see everything. And is like, Carl was actually showing it to another girl. It's like, yeah, that could have that could have been solved with some basic communication mm-hmm. of Regina being like, hey, what the fuck? And then Carl could have been like, no, I was just showing her because this is the ring that I'm giving to you. This pissed me off yeah. that Dolly was like, but you didn't know everything. This was actually very painful for your dad, too. And I was like, I don't give a shit about her dad. This movie what, is like, you should feel bad now? Like, you should feel sympathy towards this guy? Absolutely not. You traumatized your child. Yeah. So. Uh, because you didn't want to put up with the shame. Exactly. Let's be real. This it was, was about dad him. shame. This was about yeah. him. It was not about Regina. Exactly. <sighs> so, and then this is where Dolly encourages to find the light to the f- part that she's lost. Um, and this is all done through song and flashback. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so because she has this, and this is all happening to her when she's in the MRI, and she has to be very still. So, like, this is all she can focus on. So, like, once she comes out of the MRI, she's a changed woman, and she has a change of heart, <laughs> and she decides, you know what, she can make changes for the better. Mm-hmm. And upon leaving the hospital, uh, Violet and her father come through in an ambulance after having gotten into a serious car accident in which Violet is critically injured. Um, and we find out she has quite a severe head injury. Um, her father Mm -hmm. has, like, some scratches and bruises on his arm, but he's otherwise fine. Um, Mm -hmm. and then Regina gets Felicity to get a hold of the top pediatric neurosurgery and get them here. And I'm also like, this is where, like, my knowledge of the healthcare system is also impeding this. (laughs) I'm like, this is not how it works. That neurosurgeon will consult and... It's fine, but they are not leaving their office in their town, and mm, and I would exactly. love I would love to know actually what Regina does most of the time for her to have that kind of influence over a right. doctor. Like, there's nothing so being a landlord, apparently. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that would do it. Um, but like, so like, and I get that payment wouldn't be an issue, but I'm also like, this is America that would probably be. <laughs> Out of issue. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, maybe this neurosurgeon isn't in Violet and her dad's network. That's what I'm saying. Good for you. Now they have insurance built, like the insurance isn't covering your surgery. Like, what is going to happen is that they are going to contact whoever's in Topeka or Kansas City and get their top neurosurgeon to consult on whatever is going on with Violet. Yeah. And, anyways, ugh. Sorry, this movie actually kind of just, like, really... That's not how any of this works! Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> um, so, and Regina ends up praying to the angel to save Violet. Um, she doesn't care about money or real estate or even her own results, and she would offer her life in place of Violet's. Uh, Felicity thinks she's done it, but Dolly reminds her that they gotta change Regina's heart to change her mind. So, the mm-hmm. heart is changed, but the mind is still set on selling this town. So. Mm-hmm. 
And somehow, Dr. Martinez, a top peds neurosurgeon, makes it there in record time to operate on Violet. She's not life flighted <laughs> out to Topeka. She's just, he's just there at this random rural medical center. <laughs> yeah. Like, Violet's, Violet's dad sings, like, a reprise of a father's prayer, and then all of a sudden, like, Dr. Martinez is there and he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Dr. Martinez, top peds neurosurgeon. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? This works. I'm sorry. No. <sighs> okay. <sighs> so Regina wants to go to the general store because she, she has got to talk to Carl right now. And Dolly is like, this is a bad idea. And, um, she wants Regina to like go through some more change. Maybe go to therapy. I don't know. Um, and isn't ready to talk to Carl. And Felicity's like, no, she's ready. Like, she don't really have this change of heart. Like, she's ready to go. And so mm-hmm. she gets to the shop, and Carl is packing up the shop, because, of course, they have to leave by the end of the day tomorrow. And Regina was like, you're right about everything. And this is when Carl finally decides he's ready to move on. Once Regina has fucked right. him over financially, that's when he's like, I don't care about you anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Carl's like, talking about what happened in the past isn't going to bring her back. And Regina buys her dad's lantern, and instead of buying it, he just gives it to her. So, sweet, I guess. I don't know. Regina gets- Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, like, all this time, Carl's wanted an explanation from her, and she's like, I'm finally ready to give you an explanation. And he's like, yes, save it, basically. And it's like, all right. You're an asshole. Like, granted, he doesn't owe Regina anything no. for, for her shitty behavior with the eviction notice and shit like that. But it's also just like, man, I'm so tired of this guy. I don't like him. <laughs> he's, I don't like he him. He sucks. He sucks. It's like him and the dead. I'm like, I'm looking at them and I'm like, no, you ah. guys both suck. I'm sorry. Go Men away. Are bad. <laughs> Go away. Anyways. Um... And then Regina gets home. Felicity asks how it went, and it didn't go well. And Felicity tries to comfort Regina through the song, Grief is Love with Nowhere to Go, which is a very Christian sentiment, but I think it's a nice sentiment otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not an inaccurate sentiment. It no, definitely it, not. It does- I, just, I just know that that's a very big thing within Christianity. Oh, it's kind of one of those ways where, like, it helps people deal with grief without actually helping them deal with the grief (laughs) is that anyway it's a it's a it's a good quote but a better one is what is grief if not love persevering i love it (laughs) ow (laughs) so much better and it came out of paul bettany's mouth so it was so much better to live Jada's packing up the store. The pastor comes back, and Violet isn't is getting better, but she hasn't woken up yet. Uh, pastor hasn't written his sermon yet, and Jenna's like, "It's so sad. Our dreams aren't coming true." Very helpful, Jenna. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. So helpful. Uh, the, I'll get into that, anyways. Um, Dolly then sings a song called "Angels Know." And it's her job to give dreams their wings. And throughout the song, we see Marjolaine packing up the salon and the entire town gathering for a candlelight vigil for Violet. 
and Dolly's angel magic ends up waking up Violet, and she also, like, puts her magic and it, like, enters Jenna's stomach, so I guess she'll be able to yeah. get saved now, which yeah. I have thoughts on, too. Anyways. I, I have thoughts on that, too, yeah. <laughs> um, Regina asks the painting of her dad to help her and light a path for her, and she lights a lantern without a discernible source of gas. And <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and it does make the flame bigger, and she finds a secret compartment, and it actually has the family Bible. And she reads it, and her dad wrote down that she had given birth to a baby boy, and that the dad had um, cared for her and the baby. And, Bullshit. Uh, she finds out the name, which we will find out in just a few moments. But her heart is finally mm-hmm. changing her mind through emotional manipulation. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go get into that afterwards. Um, <laughs> Marjolaine is trying to get the church to pay for Violet, and they do a try reprise, but it's like gospel. And I'm like, I actually kind of like this. I like this church. It's got a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's it's a great. It's a great church community. It's it's the ideal yeah. church community, not the toxic church community that we've all become so familiar with. Yes. Miss <laughs> Jennifer takes us to church, and I love her for <laughs> it's it. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Pastor Christian comes back, and he's like, "Hey, Violet woke up," and they talk about faith and the strength it takes to change. Um, Regina almost runs into the doctor again. I guess it's a running gag, guys. Um, <laughs> so the MRI results have already come back. It's been like three hours, but the MRI results have already come back. So just the turnaround at this hospital is mind blowing. <laughs> um, she doesn't have a brain tumor, and it was either a faulty machine or a Christmas miracle, or you know, you could have just redone the fucking X-ray. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Regina shows up to the store to give Pastor Christian her father's lantern. She tells Pastor Christian that he, she, is the biological mother. And mm-hmm. he's... I saw that fucking coming. Of course, obviously. And, um, like, as soon as we find out she had to give up a baby, I'm like, oh, I bet it's, like, the pastor. And it was the pastor. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, it's gotta be somebody in the town. And then, like, when she's reading the Bible and it's, like, uh, a baby boy named and, like, she doesn't tell us the name. And I'm like, ah, it's the fucking pastor because his name is Christian because of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Christmas Eve service, Pastor Christian returns to tell the town that Viola woke up. Um, And then he goes on this, he tells this story and it just makes everything so much worse for me. He's mm. like how Regina's dad, Jack, was always there for him and supported him. He was, like, showing up to, like, all his baseball games and tell mm-hmm. the story about how a young girl with child wouldn't have been accepted in her town. I'm like, oh, they're going to, like, go for, like, the Mary of Nazareth uh, parallel. No. Uh, <laughs> they don't. Um, nope. Very popular parallel to make at church at Christmas, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Uh the baby was giving up for the adoption, and then he's like, but basically Jack had been there for his high school graduation, for his marriage. Like, he was there. He was basically a grandfather to him. 
And it turns out he was actually his grandfather, which he has now just learned and has had no time to process. He's just, like, telling everybody. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, and so then he tells everybody that he met his birth mother, Regina Fuller. Now, is his adoptive mother and father in the crowd? How do they feel about this information being coming out? <laughs> like, we never hear anything about his adoptive no, parents. No, we don't. We sure don't. So, and, yeah. like, interesting. Anyways. Um, and then Angel Dolly appears above the altar with oh. full wigs. And she sings an Beautiful. angel's prayer. And she tells Regina that she was the answer to her father's prayer. Which, so that's mm-hmm. kind of why she's helping out Felicity with Regina without actually stepping in. So, she just wanted yeah. to bring Regina back home. And then, in the middle of the sermon, Regina gives a speech, which is weird. (laughs) Like, it could have just been, like, oh, and, like, like, the speech, like, it could have been after. I don't know. Like, it just... Yeah, it's in the middle of Mass. It's not, and, like, it's not even, like, a Protestant versus Catholic thing. It's like, no, like, the man is still gonna finish his fucking sermon. He's gonna make some, (laughs) he's gonna make a connection to Mary of Nazareth at some point, and you're all gonna think about how great it is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was born. Just die for your sins, and then he's gonna have an altar call, and maybe even communion, and then Regina can get up and speak. That's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh my god. You and I get very passionate about the way religion is portrayed in these films. Yes! <laughs> it's your turn to now complain about a church service. It's just not how it would run. I'm sorry. This is not how no. it would go. Anyways. <laughs> Regina gives a speech. And she repeats Felicity's grief is love with nowhere to go. And talks about the grief she experienced and how it made her mean and embittered. She sings, forgive me, sings about how she, what she did was wrong, and she will work forward to righting her wrongs and ask for forgiveness, and tells everyone she is not selling this town. I, I guess she didn't end up signing that biggest contract. I mean, I wouldn't have had time to mm-hmm. do it in that amount of time either, but okay. Um, and <laughs> she will keep the rent low to keep spirits high. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so... Uh, Kristen and Jenna basically say that Regina will be their child's grandmother. I'm like, you haven't even sorted out your adopt- I- no. uh, There is so much more that needs to be processed here, come people, come on! <laughs> no processing! No processing! Only love! <laughs> and Carl and Regina make up, which, okay, I don't care. And then there's another big- Yeah, and like, but like, the way they make up is so creepy, because like, so this is all done through, like, a reprise of the opening number, like, as their closing number, and Regina, or like, Christian and, and Jenna are like, yes, uh, this is our the, our baby's grandmother, and then Carl sings like, oh, and maybe I can be called its grandfather, and it's like, wh- who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> where did you even come from? Who asked you? What are you doing right. here? Again, you're fucking weird. (laughs) And the big dance number and Violet has somehow not only survived major brain surgery, but (laughs) very quick brain surgery, very quick brain surgery and uh, no ICU or even inpatient unit stay required. She is able to just walk on home. 
With, you know, her head hasn't been shaved, no blood, no weird scars. I'm sorry. I, I work with kids who have had major head injuries. Well, maybe. It's, it's a little. Maybe. It's not maybe, you know, accurate like when Dolly's slightest. Like- I'm sorry. It's not accurate. You know what this girl looks like? It looks like that she hit her head during a car accident. She reported that she hit her head. They went and they took, they did a CT scan. They made sure and she was clear. Nothing happened to her. Her skull was nice and firm and nothing happened to her and she was able to be discharged. That is what this little girl looks like and she might have a goose egg. That's it. This girl did not have major brain surgery. <laughs> well, I wonder, I wonder if like Dolly's magic made it so that way she didn't she need would, the surgery and she just woke up. I don't know, man. But like she would still be I, in hospital for monitoring. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. She would. <laughs> yeah, no, they would not just discharge this girl from the hospital need, just so she can go to the square on Christmas Eve. If you need a top neurosurgeon, you are keeping this girl in for observation to make sure she's not seizing. I just. <laughs> why do they keep messing up everything with regards to violet i don't understand i know it's a christmas movie i know it's like a fairy tale but god nothing is okay here yeah and then carl and regina dance and lamps are lit and Okay, this is really cute. Dolly and Felicity watch for the top of the church, and Felicity shows up in a white outfit with, like, these huge sleeves that kind of look like wings. And all I kept thinking was, how awesome was it for this actress to be able to sit up there and just, like, gossip with Dolly Parton for this film? Like, I was just, like, I was so happy for her in this moment. It was so good. Oh, to get to sit on the top of a church in a beautiful outfit and sing with Dolly Parton. Yes! That's the part I love so much about it. It was so great. (laughs) <laughs> and then Dolly tells us to light our light and that's the movie <laughs> yep <sighs> it was Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square that was Dolly Parton's <laughs> Christmas on the Square <laughs> <laughs> Abby yes what what okay let's I don't know should we start with best or worst moment uh, let's start with worst, because I feel like we have many. Yeah, go ahead and start with the worst moment. Um, I think, I I think is, I mean, there's a lot of, of, of little things, like, but, like, Carl, whatever, he's not necessary to the story. Um, like, and, like, their romance is, like, ter- like, tertiary, if that, yeah. to the plot of the story, and, like, you didn't need it. Um, well, and, like, especially at the end, like, I honestly, like, I feel like it yeah. could have been, like, something where, like, they were kind of awkward around each other, and, like, he was obviously pissed at her for, like, taking over their town, but, like, you could have done so much more with, like, small glances and still kept kind of that story mm-hmm. in without making him, like, a huge creep and, like, trying to make him part of this show when he's not really meant to be in the show. He is not relevant yeah. to this story beyond kind of the inciting incident to Regina's bigger trauma in the past. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what brings me to, to my, my, I think what my worst moment is, is that we're expected to like empathize with her dad mm. for what he did to her. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a lot. Like he hides her away from the town and his place is like projecting his shame onto her. And then like, forcibly takes her baby away from her Mm -hmm. 
and makes it about him. And he's just like, you know, this is really hard for me too. And I'm expected to feel bad for him. And I'm supposed to... And I'm expected to feel like Regina forgives him. Yeah, no, this is something that Regina needs to spend, like, a lot of time in therapy unpacking. And, like, Mm -hmm. maybe considering how... Like, she could maybe consider how it was better for her in the long run. Absolutely. But that does not erase the trauma that he caused her in that moment, in that that space of time. This is like some EMDR trauma processing shit, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't. I was like, no, fuck this guy. I don't feel bad for him. I think that was a, it was just a really shitty move. And I don't like that the movie is just like, empathize with him. Absolutely fucking not. No. I, I shan't. No. He was, like, I guess, like, you know, if you're gonna own an entire town, I guess, like, you weren't a completely shitty landlord. Great. Good job. I don't know. You could have just not been a yeah. landlord. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> had the people, like, own their own land and stores and, you know, mm-hmm. all that jazz. But, you know. <sighs> Anyways. What were your worst moments? What is my worst moment? Um, honestly, anything to do with Carl. I just, like, <laughs> why the fuck are you here? I don't get it. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, and, like, everything with him just feels completely unearned. Even with the traumatic backstory, it's like, like, he could have just been a vague guy, honestly. He he had a, mm-hmm. nothing except kind of a weird sense of entitlement to Regina to this movie, and I didn't yeah. appreciate it. I didn't, yeah. No. Didn't like it. It's very creepy. Yeah. What was your favorite moment, though? Um, I like the music. The music is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a very well cast movie, I think, um, for the most part. Like Christine Baranski, Dolly Parton. I liked the girl who played Felicity. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Lewis being in this movie, uh, so it had a lot of like star-studded people, and it, the music was fun. And this this really felt like a musical. Kind of, we talked about this last week with Anna and the Apocalypse Mm -hmm. of how, like, there were moments where it's just kind of like, it feels like a jukebox musical more than it does its own musical. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one, like, it's it's musical. It's camp. Yeah. Like, (laughs) uh, and I I liked that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I just, I loved every time that Christine Baranski was on screen and she was, she completely owned this role. And she, like, everything that, like, was on her face and, like, she's singing well, she's acting her ass off. It's just, she was an absolute delight to watch. And I'm so glad Mm -hmm. that I got to watch her in this movie. She's definitely the best part of this movie for me. But I also just really adored that last scene with uh, Angel and Felicity looking over the town. I just, just, it was just made my day. Oh, so cute. Yeah, it's cute. What was your unbelievable suspension of disbelief? Because I think we know mine, a couple of mine. But, like, is there anything (laughs) there for you? I mean, like, I would probably agree with the, the, you know, a child serving alcohol at a bar. um, (laughs) Is, I can't can't suspend my disbelief for that. I also uh, think I can't suspend my disbelief for the way that they portray the medical system. (laughs) No. Which is a stupid thing. 
Because it's like, it's a Christmas movie. Get over it. But it's also like, no, I'm kind of concerned about that family's medical bills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She better be paying. She better be paying for them. <laughs> yeah. Also, just that, like, this woman can sell an entire town. Yeah. But whatever. That doesn't make any sense. What about you? I think, yeah, I mentioned that. And then there was also the fact that anybody would want to build a shopping mall in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Kansas. <laughs> Again, no, you won't. <laughs> like, if this were if this were actually like set in like the seventies or eighties, oh yeah, sure, you could totally sell me. Oh on this. sure, uh, not yeah. not in this day and age. You cannot <laughs> you cannot convince me that no. is actually happening. I think the worst for me though was the child serving alcohol. It just if you're if you're someone like I remember when I was just I was trying to get in to be a waitress. I wasn't even waitressing at the point. I was trying to get in to be a waitress, and they, um, a huge part of waitressing in my province is taking this online course about, like, how to responsibly serve alcohol to people, and, like, we've got pretty strict rules Mm -hmm. about the amount of alcohol you can put into a single drink and stuff like that, and for me, it is just completely unbelievable that a father would leave his child in charge of a bar. Like, just, it would not happen. He would not risk his livelihood over that. Yeah. So, like, if if you get if you got an uncle there, he he might as well just be the one behind the bar, and she could still talk to the child. It's just sure, you know, just right. Like kid, like kids grow up. You know, kids whose parents own restaurants and bars, like they they do grow up yeah. in that in that in that uh, environment, and that's fine. Like Violet could have just been hanging out while her uncle was behind the bar, yeah. like doing the actual work. Yeah. A I, child pouring uh, an adult, a glass of whiskey and like nobody batting an eye about it. That, you that's, you know, weird. <laughs> and like, honestly, it could have just like been like a cute little thing. Like, Oh, Violet, you're here. And like, like maybe it's a thing that like Violet like comes and chats up all the customers while she's having her glass of chocolate milk. Like sure. that totally could have been a thing, but you made it weird. <laughs> Yeah. You made it weird, and it didn't have to be weird. Because, like, the stuff with, like, all the medical stuff, I'm like, actually, I am more willing to suspend my disbelief for that. Because I'm like, I guess, you know, it's a movie, whatever. But this, no. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Do you think this was a sincere or a Christmas spirit-filled movie? Yeah, I think so. I think everybody that was there seemed like they wanted to be there. Um, It was fun and it had like, you know, like the typical Christmas movie message behind it that like Christmas is about joy and love and light and not greed or like your own selfish wants. And it, it, it followed the typical Christmas movie of like, here is this asshole coming into a small Christmas town and being like, fuck Christmas. And then by the end of the movie, they're like, I love Christmas. So yeah, I, I would say this is a uh, Christmas spirit for sure. What about you? I disagree. And I will get into this. So here's the thing. It's like half of this movie is like this really fun. Well, it's like not fun, but it's like this kind of kitschy made for TV Christmas special with Christine Baranski and Dolly mm-hmm. Parton and the, the woman who played Felicity. And I had to actually check that she wasn't Colleen Ballinger. She's not Colleen Ballinger. And that kind of broke my heart. But oh, my God. <laughs> um, and like there. And then on the other half of this movie is a weird church production of this play. And that is literally what I felt like I was watching. 
And I think, and, like, there's a lot of, like, emotional twists and turns that just feel very manipulative and unearned. Um, But I think, like, ultimately, like, the idea that she had a baby that she had to give up and everything, like, that's fine. But, like, there's the moments with, like, Violet telling her, oh, yeah, by the way, you, like, indirectly killed my mom. And then, like, Violet getting into an accident herself. (laughs) Um, Or you know, all the stuff with Carl and stuff like that and, like, her dad... And, like, the stuff with her dad actually, like, really loving her and doing it. It felt so manipulative to me that... Yeah, and then I mentioned earlier that there was a lot of very choreo here. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like... um, I didn't feel like the arrangements of the songs suited the cast they had assembled. So the cast wasn't Mm -hmm. melding well. Um, the choreo was great, but then, like, they didn't have the sets to kind of back it up, and so I was watching this, and I feel like, Mm. I feel like I'm sitting in my church, and my church is giving their darndest to, like, put on the best show possible, and they think they have something really good and emotionally riveting here, (laughs) and it's not landing. It's not landing whatsoever. Yeah. And so I feel like there was, there were elements there of a really good, kitschy Christmas movie in there, and Mm-hmm. It fell completely short of the bar. Like, I'm sorry. It just did not... It did not have that holiday spirit. It felt very... Mm. And, like, I don't know. Maybe that's, like, part of, like, you know, my own religious trauma coming through. I don't know. But, like, I, I didn't mm-hmm. feel it to be sincere from anybody except Christine Baranski and the Angels. That's it. Yeah. That's fair. So... That's fair. Yeah. Like, even with, like, the sassy kind of gay going- guys, like... Occasionally throwing in like a one-liner there here and then, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like they didn't even feel earned in this town because it's such a like mm-hmm. it's it's such a cookie cutter town. I'm like, wow, they like gay people in here, really? Like <laughs> seriously? And of course, they have to be the most femme gay men ever who are super sassy. And it's just like nothing about this actually sat right with me. And so I can't say mm-hmm. that it felt like. There were moments of it where it was sincere, and it, a lot of this comes down to Christine Baranski, but it did not feel sincere mm-hmm. overall. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think a lot of, like, the like the main story of Regina, like, realizing that she's been a bad person and, like, she has to have this change of heart um, does a good job but then like any other like secondary or tertiary plot of this film is like uh... yeah like especially when it comes to like ugh, it pissed me the fuck off that like like the the storyline with christian and jenna like they're so they're trying so hard to conceive and stuff like that mm-hmm. they're going through fertility treatments and then like jenna just totally blaming herself for it and it's like why? Well, why? Like part of that, like it does kind of feel authentic to like the real trauma that infertility causes, especially when you've got the social yeah. pressures to produce a child, um, like she yeah. would have. But I feel like it was very glossed over, and like I think you know you're gonna have Christian be this adopted kid who apparently like turned out nice and well adjusted, and he's the pastor leading this town. And he's totally fine with adoption, but then, like, the angel magic, woohoo, came in and, like, made her fertile mm-hmm. again. And, like, that didn't feel okay to me either. Like, it's just, and I yeah. feel like fertility and parenting and, like, all the issues surrounded that are so multifaceted that it it's, like, yeah, I get that it's just a Netflix special, but it just, 
it's too multifaceted to be be completely clean. So like yeah. that, and I mean like it, and it, it, yeah, and it plays into this idea that like, which is which is a very complicated thing with like difficulties with fertility, and then like okay, well, it it. <sighs> It plays into the idea that, like, adopting a child is what you do when you've run out of options. Mm-hmm. And it that's not how adoption should go. No. Adoption should go, like, I want I want a child and I want to bring an already existing child into my home and, and love them and, and, and stuff like that. And it's not like, well, I couldn't have one biologically, so I guess you'll do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. As somebody, as somebody who uh, has uh, has a disorder that is like the leading cause of infertility with people with uteruses, like these are things that I think about frequently as a person who eventually wants children, um, and it's just like it wasn't handled very well. No, you know, it wasn't done well at all. And then, like again, like you've got this woman who's struggling with fertility, running a baby clothes shop, like that just yeah. isn't right at all. Like I. I don't know. Like, it just, it didn't seem to, like, weigh on her the way, like, you think Mm -hmm. it would. I don't know. Like, it just, it seemed very flippant to a lot of things that I don't think it should have been flippant about. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, ultimately, do you give this a rosé cheer, or do you feel like you need to drown your sorrows in beer? Um, I would say, I don't feel like I need to drown my sorrows in beer. Okay. Um. But I also don't want to raise a glass in rosé cheer. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I liked the movie. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. That's for sure. Um, Like, I've I've seen this movie and, and, all right, that is enough. Um, So, I don't know. Maybe, like, it's, oh, sorry, Charlie's playing with his toys. (laughs) I can't hear it. Charlie! Oh, you can't? (laughs) Oh, now I can. He's squeaking his, Yeah. (laughs) Papa, can we, can we, hey, buddy. <laughs> anyway, it's like, maybe you go to Aldi and buy a two bottle, or two dollar bottle of rosé, and you have a half a glass of it and realize it's not very good. Yeah. And that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. I. <laughs> that's how Charlie feels, too. Yeah. I want to drown my sorrows in beer. I thought I was getting this, like, yeah. really campy classic Christmas movie, and what I got was Sunday morning presentation of my mm. Chris, of my church's Christmas musical. And, like, doesn't mean that, like, all the effort was given, but it just... Mm, nothing about this... Like, mm. it, the, the things that worked for this movie weren't enough to save it. For me, and I didn't, I didn't feel like the music, and the music was okay, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So, sure, you know, I, I can't say that I would even recommend it to anybody, honestly. And so, I have to say, this was, yeah. this was definitely a disappointment, and I am drowning my sorrows in beer. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. <sighs> well. Shall we sign off <laughs> on that yeah, note? Yeah, let's that do depressing it. Note. Now, now that, yeah, especially now that uh, uh, Charlie has decided that I'm done <laughs> podcasting for the night because he wants attention. He's bring. He's currently bringing me all of his toys. <laughs> I love it, and I'm sorry for when you have to edit this and. Uh, 
you hear his squeaks and his growls. Well, that's fine. I'm, <laughs> but, I'm looking forward to it. I love Charlie content in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a good chicken. Yeah. Abby's so sweet. I like I because I love all my friends' animals. I don't have an animal of my own, so I just like love on all my friends' animals. And I like somebody reminded me of uh, Abby's parents' cat, and she lived with that cat for a long time. So I just randomly texted mm-hmm. her. I miss Burleos. So she sent me a picture <laughs> of Burleos today, and it was so nice. Yeah. So I yeah. just like don't ever apologize for your animals being animals. I love them. They're great. They make you happy. So. Especially chicken. Yeah. Right, chicken? Yeah. One of these days you'll get to meet him and cuddle him. I cannot wait for that day. Yes. So excited. All right. Abby, where can they find you? Hmm. Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. And I, I post lots of pictures of Chuck. Yeah, you do. So if you want more Chuck content, follow me on Twitter. What about you, Emma? Um, I'm on Twitter at emphasis. That's E M F Y S underscore N E S T. And I hope you know that every single time you like do the that is E M, you know that spiel. Yeah. Like I'm mouthing it along with you. <laughs> like and that's why I'm trying so hard to like switch it up this year because I'm like I yeah. like even even longtime listener Danny like likes because <laughs> like I do that I do that with Jet like. And you can follow me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Like, I just, I know everybody's, like, shtick when they're like, this is how you follow me on Twitter. And I love it. Yeah. So I'm trying really hard to change it. Um, My Twitter is me screaming into the void at this point. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I unfortunately yeah, the fuck knows what I unfortunately cannot post pictures of the cute things in my life. So you'll just have to deal with my thoughts and great tweets about life. <laughs> um... Oh, Charlie has now brought me an elephant. Lovely. <laughs> You're such a good dog, chicken. Uh, <laughs> where can, what social media can we find this podcast by that? Uh, we are on Twitter at Rosé till Xmas Day. And then we are uploading uh, all these episodes to the Loud Beautiful Town Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, next week we're watching uh, Christmas at the Ranch. Which is gay. Lesbians. Lesbians. Yay. Yeah. Let's go, lesbians. Let's go. Here we go, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> be snow but her boobs will